Hey fadies, here it is, our recap of chapter 3 and the Q&A. I'm not going to blather on very long here because this episode is long already. All I want to say is thank you for your continued support throughout this journey. It's been a crazy ride, especially in this chapter, and we're really stoked to have had you listening along with us. For anyone who is new, this is a weird time to join us, but yay, welcome! If you like this, please feel free to go back and listen to some earlier episodes, and if you still like us after that, how about a review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser? Have you heard of Podchaser? It's pretty dope. Anyway, let's get on with Chapter 3 Recap. Um, cool, so hey, welcome to the Chapter 3 Recap of The Fate of Ison, with a Q&A at the end. Ah, oh, tacked on there. Hey everyone, I'm DM Brad, and I'm joined by two people. One of them has a name, the other one has a name as well. They both have names. What are they? <gasps> Is it me? Do you have a name? I do have a name, but I'm not sure which one you want me to say. Because one of them's Jules Bergeser, the other one is Marley Kraff, and the other one is Sasha Torchwood. All are involved in Eisen? Yeah, and Simon Quayle. Oh, and Simon Quayle! I forgot about Simon! Yeah, also in Eisen. Hello. Someone else? Oh, here we go. <laughs> um, also here, Ben for what? Uh, played Oliver Scripps. Played Oliver Scripps? He played me. <laughs> um, played by Oliver Scripps. And also doing Jeffrey. Montclair. Yeah. I noticed you did not pronounce the E rather than pronouncing it silently. So. <laughs> Wait, can you decide how your last name is said? Because I thought you said it has an E, but the E is silent. Yeah, but there's a difference between not pronouncing the E and pronouncing the E silently. There's a difference. There is? Yeah, it's subtle. It's fine. We'll get okay. into it. Okay. So I we'll said Montclair, which is not pronouncing the E. How yeah, do you say it? What you should have done is pronounce the silent E. Right. Like how you don't, like, like you're pronouncing a silent K in knife. It's different to saying knife. So Mont. <laughs> there's just no. Clear. Yeah, kind of. Uh, yeah. We'll get, I'll, I'll work on it. Yeah. We'll get there. You just need four mirrors and a bottle of scotch whiskey. Yeah, I've only got Dr. Pepper and a Jim Beam. Oh, well, that's a Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we recently finished uh, Chapter 3 of the Fate of Ison podcast, and um, I thought we would run through a little bit of a recap to cap things off. So... Um, the chapters sort of began with our live shows. Uh, the story of those is that you were captured by Weta folk inside the Great Brugian Mountains, and you fought your way out and then uh, rushed down the northern face of the mountains uh, with your friend Goose Drubbins, the ogre, and um, Latch Pambit, who died, and Marley <laughs> killed a hundred wolves by hurling them off the cliff. <laughs> oh, Which nobody lets me forget, by the way. <laughs> well, you, you did you did murder puppies, so shut up. Um, there was a giant spider. There was a woman named Laura who needed your help to catch some fish, and there was um, that also introduced Cy the Shuck, the shark duck creature <laughs> that everybody uh, just could not wrap their heads around. <laughs> Still can't. I think by the way, a misconception that we don't understand the creature. That's a, that's a consistent misconception. I think that we understand the creature perfectly well, but still object to it on principle. 
Um, at the bottom of the mountain, you guys went into the uh, the um, secret rear entrance to the. Um, <laughs> all right, Oliver, secret I'll rear entrance. How I... <laughs> we like little... to enter at the rear. <laughs> you're, you're get your giggles me. out. Get your giggles yeah. out now. Um, and we're the Royal Keep of Stonemore, and there was the Castle Guardian whom you fought, and she messed you up big time with some spells. And then um, a demon called the Ziglamel appeared for the first time and gave you the Chaos Curse, which has now sort of become infamous, especially with Oliver, who frequently rolls nat ones. Mm-hmm. I'm very good at, at dice. <laughs> you also joined up at that point with Kyrene the Monk uh, from the Temple of Hidden Sands, and then uh, all of you as a group worked your way under the castle through some puzzles, you fought some ghosts... You met uh, the ghost of Tox Stonemore, who founded the city uh, like 2,000 or whatever years ago, and then found your way into the city proper, where you just wreaked all kinds of chaos and parted ways to just have a whole chapter in one city filled with absolute insanity. Um, rather than me summarizing some of that insanity, I'll go one by one with the two of you going over some of the things you did, some of the highlights within the city so Banfor was quite a star in the city a rising star in the under in the um, underworld very quickly um talk to us about some of the stuff that Banfor did and and what you liked what you didn't like about that um so the original plan that was alluded to hit me like like a bolt of green lightning um and I decided that I would because Brad seemed overworked, I was going to try and make him mimic <laughs> market economics um, by purchasing a large amount of um, a tradable good and uh, sort of beginning an enterprise in that trade. Um, so I would have to get him to, you know, do export tariffs or, you know, like import costing. Um, am I getting, you know, a cost per thousand? Am I getting a cost per hundred? Um, what exchange rate is going on between the two cities, that sort of thing. Um, And and really wanted to just really stress them out um, a lot. But that sort of morphed into uh, me making like fantasy crack, um, (laughs) which sort of came in the moment a little bit. Uh, And that was a lot of fun. Uh, The apothecary thing was cool. Um, Sort of trying to attract the underworld was really cool. All the little bits and bobs and like nooks and crannies um, was was a lot of fun. Really enjoyed sort of like playing in that space, um, <laughs> like as an area of a level. If you think of it, and like you know, like Morrowind, like that part of the city is the most fun for me. Um, and there's a lot more to, to look around, in, which was uh, awesome. Know that was on the fringes, so like going between those two things. And yeah, just seeing uh, seeing how far I could push it with like starting a revolution. Um, whether or not I'd be allowed to like kick the coup off early um, by recruiting a mercenary army. So part of the plan was to get enough money to buy an army, you know, like find mercenaries or whatever um, in every town and just see how many people I can maintain. Like, can I have 90 dudes with me? Just, you know, sort of <laughs> trying to get, get that figured out. Um, but that very quickly cut down because I've been, uh, frankly, I got, you know, it just seemed like a lot of work for me as well. So, so yeah. immediately started backfiring. Because, um, like, in those situations, the DM just goes, yeah, sure, but that's your problem now. Yeah. yeah. And so, if you don't maintain so. that, there will be consequences. 
yeah, and that'll so be exactly. fun. So, um, yeah. <laughs> and, and I know that like as much rope as I give Brad, thinking that I'm like building myself a swing set, there's probably going to be something at the other end of it. Um, which is cool. Uh, cool that came to a head in the Killing Grounds. That was dope. No real qualms. It was nice being able to sit back and just watch Marley do her thing and sort of have that other storyline sort of like paralleled rather than involving. It was dope. And yeah, no, happy with it. Happy with how it went. It was good. Okay. I mean, and, um, yeah. Marley, what are some of the things that you liked about your story and that we didn't like and what kind of questions do you have about that? Yeah, so I guess I kind of feel the same as, as Ben for in terms of I quite enjoyed watching his complete insanity that it just sort of developed slowly over the time. Like, it started, like, with this little thing and then got crazy. Um, because Marley had some really boring stuff to achieve, you know? In, in my head, in Jules's head, I knew I wanted to do some pretty boring kind of things with Marley while she was in the mm. town. And so it was nice to know that, like, I had this kind of <laughs> sorted and Bamfor was over there just doing and for stuff being super entertaining you know like so that was kind of nice um not that the stuff I did didn't end up being entertaining kind of weirdly in its own way because I thought I was just gonna go to a temple and try and appease a god I didn't really think through the buying a haunch of meat thing and what that all turned into <laughs> I tried to I don't know do something with some meat in a temple seemed logical at the time turned out not to be that's fine um so that was fun um i enjoyed all of like the crazy interactions i had with the different characters so like meeting um oh my god shabs you know and and the whole thing with the watch with shabs and like figuring out what these mini clock towers on our wrist were for and seeing that whole thing happen that was really cool um, I enjoyed getting a haircut. That's <laughs> like, so lame. It's like swallow style. See, I knew Marley wanted to do some boring stuff, but I it was swallow style. But it was fun, <laughs> and it was just fun to have this really normal. Like Marley goes and gets a haircut, compared to Bamfor's like killing some people over here. You know, like the. <laughs> <laughs> the interactions between that was real fun. Like the whole conversation with the Haydet priests and nearly getting arrested and stuff um, because I showed them Haydet and here's Marley just thinking she's doing like a good deed and she's just trying to like let a god speak to its people but it actually just really being more than that and Marley just never have thought it, thinking through the consequences before she did it. Do you know what I mean? Because she was just yeah. providing a connection. Like, it didn't occur to her that people would think she shouldn't be able to do that, or... Yeah, it didn't occur to her that people might not be ready to have literal proof of their god, like, right in front mm. of them. Mm. And might not act very kindly thereafter. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, imagine actually, if Jesus came back. <laughs> like, yeah, like, of course, upon reflection, <laughs> it makes upon sense. But at the time, it was like, yeah, you know your god, the guy you want to talk to? Here's a talking to him. Cool. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. So, yeah, I had I had a bunch of fun in the town. Um, yeah. 
I think that kind of covers yeah. most of the things that I did, actually. Okay, then um, finally, all the way into uh, episode 13 of the chapter, you guys finally reunited and uh, in the streets and fought a giant clockwork scorpion that had come in from another dimension. Um, with the help of Afimata slash Zero, the knowledge demon inhabiting the clockwork body that you helped create with the watch. Played by... Played by my lovely wife, Mel. Yes! With her um, her awesome Brummy accent that I can't get mm. enough of. <laughs> That's a really um, good guess. Fuck yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know. We've been very lucky in that regard. Then you guys uh, went to Shabs and uh, terrified the ever-loving shit out of her, <laughs> questioning true, true, her true, true. as if as if she had caused this. Um, <laughs> and then, <laughs> then you went on to what's contentiously one of my favourite episodes because it's my least favourite by far. <laughs> so I kind of like love it because I hate it. Um, <laughs> Tell me everything. The, Continue the disagreement episode which is just an hour of you two arguing <laughs> about, <laughs> about what to do about the killing grounds yes because um, um, Jareen, Jareen suggested letting yourselves get captured and then you were like you were both against me on that and then but both going about it like wanting to do it but different ways mm. because you yeah. got caught up on the fact that when I said get captured it doesn't really mean you know have it like a high-speed police chase and then get put in cuffs it's kind of like turning <laughs> yourselves in is what i meant no neither avoided... of us wanted to be captured by arcvale we were very clear about that like oliver and i and marley and bamfor were very on board <laughs> with that like neither of us wanted to be captured by Arc arcvale soldiers it's just mm. fact yeah i actually had um, just yesterday someone posted a comment on podbean of all places saying um sorry to say this but that episode was one of the worst things i've ever heard it's so frustrating <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's I'm amazing so i was like yeah you didn't response we've ever gotten we've had so many kind things said but that oh um interesting um, and fair enough I think their frustration listening to it does reflects our frustration having had it so I had to edit it and try and make and try and make it fun. Um, one saving oh, grace. One of my peculiar joys on this podcast is just the amount that Brad has to cut. Yeah, that's just like every true. ten minutes. There's a three minute segment of like either some sort of caterwauling, some sort of like break for some reason, or a noise, or just something <laughs> horrifically offensive. Yeah, pretty much. Um, one of the saving graces of that episode, though, was that's the same one where your ambush of Spritey took place. Mm. Uh, and finally, the annoying Sprite that's been bugging us since the end of Chapter 1 um, was uh, brutally tortured and beaten by a gang. Um, but that unwittingly released uh, Namakak, a demon of one of the Lie Realms. So, But Banfor and Marley don't know that. Like, they weren't mm. privy to that, but you were. That uh, did did you guys recognize that that's what came at you in that final fight how while you were fighting the the red ape there was also a, a tentacle jelly creature that was putting lies in your head so from the silence and the <laughs> blank expressions on both oliver and i's faces i think you can gather no I thought we okay. just fought a psychic gorilla 
No, we fought a psychic gorilla, but we also fought another person thing. I just wasn't clear on what that was exactly because I was too focused on how we were going to beat it. Mm. No, there was just some, some, some sort of gubbins going on with magic. And I was like, yeah. look. Like some at will. Axe in the hand is worth stuff. two in the face. So let's, you know, let's, let's kill it and then figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, after you finally stopped arguing and came to an agreement, um, you decided that uh, Banful was just going to rock up to the killing grounds and just say, hello, I want to fight. Um, And Marley was going to rock up to the killing grounds and say, hello, I am wealthy and I want to spectate. Did we both both get in, Brad? You both got in. But we probably could have come to that a lot faster than we did. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean. <clears throat> but you know what, Brad? You've left us alone playing together for a really long time. We need a third person. Would you just sort it out already? <laughs> Every single D&D party is going to have that moment where they just get frustrated with each other's play style. And that's what, that is what happened there before we realized that actually we're both really good players in our own right and we just need to handle these things like the way that we would you know mm. yeah okay it's just fine just facts. whatever <laughs> um then in the killing grounds marley up on the noble box balcony encountered queen shan whom she had been trying to get close to and also uh general and Corton, waved at her and waved um <laughs> and captured the attention of the empress of arkvale who appeared as a special guest um which was a fun oh shit what did i just do moment <laughs> um banfor fought in the killing grounds uh which he just basically went from area to area killing stuff <laughs> very effectively um the other fighters were doing a considerably worse job than he and um, so he was he on re- track to win it because that was a question of mine brad like was Banford yeah. going to win? Easily, easily. I was tracking points of what he and Kai and um, Gregory the Elf were doing. I was and... going to say, Gregory has been forgotten in his entire success. <laughs> He's the secret to it. No, 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 because they were at the other side of the killing ground. So that's what I was going to ask. Like, how many things did they, like, yeah. fight and kill and stuff? And how close were the points, you know? Because we didn't I get to I... see what happened on the other side. That's right. I had a counter going in my head of, of what was sort of being fought at the time. And it comes to one of the groups combined got about the same amount of points as Banfield got on his own. Yeah. Ooh. So, like, he was easily the front Wasting, buddy. He, he was just, sm- like, I think in one swing of his axe, he killed two giant snakes that jumped out <laughs> of the grass. Yeah, <laughs> I believe that happened. Uh, also, there was a plesiosaur of some yep. type that was dragged bodily out of the water yep and it would have been like watching a demigod walk around like playing american football (laughs) what's going on um you did that with the help of side the shark who had been captured um and placed in the lake in the killing grounds under threat of if he doesn't perform well uh his human friend laura will be uh imprisoned or harmed in some way so, and the 
chick I was playing with the accent that I just can't do. Partly, No, no, Kydella. no. Kydella. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which was the Irish accent that I cannot do, despite living with an Irish flatmate and really should have nailed it by now, but... Don't call your flatmate it. What? <laughs> um, yeah, no, I was going to try and convince Shy at... Uh, oh, God, I just got it. I got Simon the Shuck and Kai <laughs> stuck in my... Um, he didn't came out as Shuck, uh, as Shy, rather. Um, yeah, I was going to convince uh, Sai the Shuck that Laura was fine and I'd seen her and she was fine and she'd left the city and he should go find her th- go find her at home. Um, <laughs> so that he'd just leave and he'd be fine. And then, you know, probably Laura's already dead. <laughs> well, know? we, do, we um, still don't know what happened to Laura. I'm sure you'll get to that in a minute. How do we get Laura? No, no you, do, you, you do know what happened to Laura. Remember no, when in the... Yeah, the but he busts into the room. He sees her, right? But we don't know if they kill her after that. Well, no, he killed the guards that were holding her. Yeah, but then they banished him, and so she's still there, right? Well, she's just in a room. Yeah, so that's what I mean. Like, we still don't like, really know where well, she is she, right now. Oh, she's, yeah, somewhere in the city. Able to oh, walk out of a go. room, I hope. There was no. There were, the people holding her died. Were bit in half. A, yeah, but like, wasn't she them. in like a? Shuck. Are you not getting what it is? It's like a shark. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just mean, wasn't she in like a jail? A so is? she's not going to be like able to just and also wings. <laughs> she's not going to be able to no, just walk that... out of the jail, is she? Or yeah, is it she? wasn't. No, it wasn't a jail. It was just a room. Um, oh. Okay, I kind of had that differently in my head, I think. Yeah, because they they released her and she ran up and gave him a hug. Released Mm. her? Well, when he burst into the room, they were like, oh shit, what is that? Yeah. And then then the Ziglamel took him back to, like, the Chaos Realm. Yeah. Because a creature like that... Presumably she's still wanted. Maybe. I mean, she was just a bargaining tool to make him perform. Yeah. Yeah, type loose ends, don't you? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's kind of why I was like, oh, they're not going to just let her go, though, are they? You know, just oh, you in wouldn't. case he comes back. Yeah, that's why I was like, yeah, yeah, she's probably still not great off. I wouldn't if I dinged her car, you know, like, and that's. She's seen worse. <laughs> yeah, so you guys are giving away the plot of chapter four, which is the whole chapter is Laura trying to get out of a locked room. Yeah. <laughs> It's like the first. It's oh. like the first half of Bags the first. Bags not playing show. Laura. <laughs> oh, an escape room RPG. Shoot me in the fucking head. <laughs> Do I notice anything um, about the grain of the wood by the door? <laughs> um, Let's not. We're, so while, we're not amazing uh, at puzzles. <laughs> while while Four was uh, fighting uh, left, right, and center in the killing grounds. Uh, Marley was getting whisked away to the frozen southern continent of Magus by the Empress, who wanted to show her something. Um, the Empress sensed that Marley was part of something much larger, um, having uh, the aura of gods on her, and um, yeah, took her to a place or and a thing and a monument called the Brute Wall, which is a giant energy shield at the bottom of the world that apparently hides behind it all of the nightmarish creatures that were banished 16-odd thousand years ago. 
Dragons. You can just say dragons. We're pretty oh, sure it's dragons. Um, among, it's, dra- it's dragons <laughs> and many, many other things. Think of all the huge, scary D&D monsters that you don't want to fight against. Yep. Mm-hmm. Got them. <laughs> Those. <laughs> Great. Is there mind um, flayers behind the brute wall? No. Okay, well, that's good. Because I hate those suckers. Those are just out in the world already because they're not... Oh, good! That's so much better. <laughs> There's one behind you. Um, <laughs> the Yeah, she basically uh, confessed to you that she doesn't care about the Empire whatsoever. It's just For her, it's just a passing distraction because she is not really a human um, called Empress Tajna. She is an immortal being called Gilif, who's goal is essentially to unleash as much pain and suffering and hatred and destruction as possible yeah i really need amphur in my life oh maybe that's what chapter four is do we go find amphur um i have a plan to show a little bit of some amphur sorry stuff. i'm skipping ahead yeah so yeah she confesses to you she doesn't care about the empire and you and she make a deal that um she will let you kill her in front of a crowd, which will help your cause of the resistance and will presumably do her some kind of favor in doing so as well. Mm, which um, I couldn't figure out what it was, despite all of my trying to figure it out. Yeah, she didn't want to give you that. And then, uh, yeah, you returned to the killing grounds inside the actual killing grounds. And you fought together with a bunch of, oh, against a bunch of hellhounds which was a very unbalanced encounter. They fucked you up severely. They killed Hodge the Wolf, and the only thing that was that kept the fight from turning into an absolute disaster is that Banfor finally used some of his um, Bloodhunter skills properly. Finally found a cause. I mean, um, we a lot of single entity fights, and it feels like early levels Bloodhunter is useful if you're, if you're going after a lot of things. Mm. Like it's yeah. a force multiplier. But, like, if we're fighting one big boy, like, getting him to attack another creature isn't helpful. Like, there's nothing, like, further on there's, there's stuff you can do, but I'm, yeah, curious about mm. it. There's a lot more stuff to, like, start remembering spells and to, like, prepare stuff and, like, me. And to be um, honest, like to be honest, Brad, I didn't heal myself coming into the killing grounds. Like, people have messaged me and been like, oh, that was really harsh on like Marley and Hodge and I'm like yeah but I walked into the killing grounds with damage and Hmm. didn't drink a health potion or cure myself in any kind of way and I have multiple ways of healing myself and just didn't do it so yeah you you guys aren't that great at at taking potions which is such a simple thing to do it's even a bonus (laughs) action by my house rules yeah well that's the thing like and I kind of forgot I'd taken any damage to be honest because I hadn't had a fight, but I had yeah, hit I, a ceiling and then a floor, so yeah. I'd kind of I forgotten about that. that as well. <laughs> I, for- yeah. I forgot about that damage as well because I've never seen someone damage themselves in such a tremendously stupid way. And well, so um, it's a thing. <laughs> um, yeah, you and got like dinged. You what did you take? Like twelve or something? Oh I, no, I I didn't just get a ding. I got a serious hit, but. Actually, those points would have saved me. I would have been standing by, like, one or two points. Mm. You know what I mean? So I would have been able to, in the next round, done something in order to keep myself up and, you know, help. So it's my bad. 
you know, shit happens in an RPG and that's the way the cookie crumbles. And luckily I'm still alive, so. Yeah, um, unlike Hodge, who uh, died at that point. Um, however, however, dot, 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 dot. We haven't got there yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, oh, yeah, backtracking slightly, one of the terms that Marley put down when agreeing to kill the Empress in front of this crowd was to um, get an unnamed favour from her, which comes into play later on. Uh, as was... well as her to declare that Queen Shan would be queen, because in yes. my head that was important for her to reinstate. I don't know how much success that actually did, but in my head it was important, so... Yeah, she did say it in her big speech. Yes, she did. But she was a bitch in her big speech, too. And I don't use yeah. that word lightly, because I really don't like that word, so... <laughs> you call the Ziggler male that all, all the time. I know, but that's because she is a bitch. <laughs> um... I love that I've created characters that you actually hate. Mm-hmm. Like that—that's a mark of a good character is that you're Just able like to hate people, it. Yeah. Yeah. Spritey, Zigglemel, <laughs> and now Gillif. And if I see that Gillif again, and I have a feeling we're going to, I'm going to be calling her worse than the B word. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Hodge. Hodge died in that fight, and his blood spilling onto the ground was the catalyst for the activation of the Death Heart, which is um, the obsidian sphere that Banfor carries around in his pants, which is an ancient artifact that holds the gateway to the realm of the God of Death. So um, all the killing that he had done, and then finally with Hodge dying, it was enough to activate it and send you all to another realm. Uh, But it wasn't just the two of you going to that realm. There was a mysterious fighter called Ellerin Windrush, played by our good friend Adam Wright. Um, You arrived in that realm and uh, found yourselves in a thick fog. And then when the fog cleared slightly, you discovered that you were actually in the ring of a, in in, uh, a tiny radius ring in the middle of a huge army of skeletons fighting each other, which led to some pretty cool roleplay back and forward of you guys discussing what you're going to do. And then Banfor doing a really awesome, not not really a prayer to Sorghumal, but like a ritual with his axe and putting it down on the ground. And then just, <laughs> I love the way you did this, Oliver, where you described the way that you, you like took a deep breath and like settled, you calmed yourself in the moment and you put your axe sword into the ground. And then something about you, like you looked out over the crowd and then you just went, Hello. <laughs> but that got their attention and they started advancing on you and you um, did a pretty cool skills challenge to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mar- Mar- I think Marley got crowd surfed. <laughs> yeah, I, char- I charmed some skeletons to carry me. <laughs> Look, I'm a college of glamour bard. That is who I am. I'm going to use charm as much as possible it's going to get worse so just deal with it <laughs> oh when my grapple starts getting stupid high <laughs> yeah come at me dragons <laughs> <laughs> um yes yeah, speaking, speaking of come at me dragons uh what flew towards you at that point hey oh, bone bit. dragon a bone bird <laughs> bone bird chicken carcass <laughs> Oh, yeah, Bone Bird. We just decided it was a dragon, I think. 
between us because we didn't actually roll any kind of... Have you noticed, Brad, we don't roll any kind of nature or investigation checks to find out what we're fighting at all? Yeah, I've noticed We just fight it. (laughs) We we don't want to know anything. Because actually, if you roll really well in nature checks or investigation checks or any kind of checks... You could actually find out what its weaknesses or resistances are or any of that kind of stuff if you roll real well. But we don't do any of that. We just go, meh, we'll figure it out as we go. Boom. Oh, look, that did nothing. Weird. Okay, try something else. <laughs> yeah. Or, or try that thing, like, but more. <laughs> I think it with a thing didn't help. What if we hit it with five things? Five <laughs> things seems to be working. Let's continue to hit it with five things. This is... Right literally the only game that I play that I forget how to play like <laughs> like I forget well, the, all the of my part, tricks uh, and... is that I never learned so that's why we're on an even playing field yeah, yeah I forget all of my tricks to like beat things in a better kind of way and I just play like I'm a newbie and it's kind of hilarious actually it's sort of fun want to know a little secret I don't know how to play either <laughs> Yeah, I'm the only one here that's been playing since I was, like, 15. (laughs) So I really should be better. You fought the uh, skeleton dragon with the help of Alarin um, and Banfor uh, used some unconventional combat techniques that I'll let him describe (laughs) if he wants to. I'm going to describe this entirely conventional when undertaken between two or more consenting adults. There There are portions of that which are absolutely fine with everybody. Uh, obviously, there was a different aim here. There was an aggressive, a violent aim, but in a loving uh, and, and, and mutually respectful relationship, there's definitely a place for it. So, by no means meaning to kink shame anybody out there, but uh, yes, I did insert um, a mechano uh, arcanic uh, instrument into the uh, facial region of a uh, of a, of a deceased um, aerobatic reptile, um, and yeah, so. I think it's important to know that the Meccano piece of equipment that you inserted was harnessed at an unusual... Oh, it was stripped and harnessed to my body so that I can manipulate and and apply uh, force as as required. Uh, And obviously the delivery of a discharge of an electro or electromagnetic uh, nature did emanate. It did emanate. uh, And I'll be the first to admit that it emanated um, effectively more than once. Um, Didn't take state, very long. I've got no shame about it. I've got no shame. I don't think you should. Uh, I think in the right context, it's all fair. You know, it, it's a fair game of football. Uh, you kick it, you run it. Uh, sometimes you get tackled. And at the end of the day, uh, you know, you're out on the field. Uh, you, you're there to have fun. You sounded just then like a disgraced right-wing politician at the podium. <laughs> trying to negotiate his way out of a scandal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, look, right, yeah. Okay, look. look Absolutely. You were, you were literally jonking right now trying to explain why he was pulling that ponytail. Yeah, <laughs> no. I mean, ponytail? Couldn't say it was ponytail. Did my hand touch her hair? Yes. Yes, it did. Was that a problem? Obviously, it's been, been conceded to be so. Am I going to uh, apologise? In a roundabout and disingenuous fashion. Absolutely. So. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I love that uh, we said on the podcast at that point, Irene, please don't make art of this. And she messaged us going, don't worry, I wasn't gonna. <laughs> I wasn't going to make art of that. 
It is art already. <laughs> Literally no person looked at that situation and was like, mm, funny I could have seen that. <laughs> well, that's missing my eyes. <laughs> Um, the yes, at the moment the podcast name in like our RSS feed and, and people's po- podcast apps is Fate of Ice and a Kiwi D and D podcast. Mm. Um, but I think we should change the name to Fate of Ice and basically just skull fucking. Um, <laughs> I'm cool with it. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> we could have like a Halloween episode, but instead of skull duggery, it can be skull fuckery. You know, skull like buggery, it's... buggery. It's right there. It's skull right buggery. There. Yep, no. Yeah, but I'm how not okay with being on a podcast <laughs> called Fate of Eisen's you know? Basically Skullbuggery. Uh, it's not something I want Look, associated with my name, mate. Unless they find this exact episode, it's not going to make sense. But I like <laughs> it as a deep meme. All right. <laughs> the uh, Skeleton Dragon died, uh, shamefully, shamefully. Um, and its pile of bones uh, turned into a white bone portal that uh, Marley and Ellerin stepped through and Banfor just sort of hung back and chilled for a bit. Which was a song about cheese. Yeah, um, there was definitely that was, a song about that, cheese. That, com- that, that comes a little bit later. Okay. That is um, one of f- people's favourite things that they've ever heard in a long, long time. <laughs> it definitely hit the Discord. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Nice. Yeah, no, yeah. Um, no I, I woke up the next day and, you know, obviously a little bit um, worse for wear. And... <laughs> I was like, did I say a song about cheese? <laughs> um, I need to go back. I haven't done any um, YouTubing in a really long time because I've just had other stuff going on. But I need to go back and clip that one before it gets too old because that <laughs> needs to be somewhere. <laughs> it just came out of me, eh? It was, it was, a, it was a moment. Mm-hmm. And on the other side of that portal was uh, Sorgamul, the god of death, who had the appearance, uh, the. The appearance, the, the appearance, appearance of an extra a, syllable for the gentleman of a young human girl, um, which surprised um, you Everyone. all a little bit. Yeah. And um, she Apart briefly from transformed. Who didn't even know who Sorgamol was supposed to be? <laughs> yeah. She yeah she transformed into a, a slightly scarier visage just to sort of play the part a little bit, and then you calmed her down, and she ended up liking you in the end and gave you gifts as well as answering a bunch of your questions about the world um what do you guys think of those gifts that you got because i really i wasn't sure what if i should like add on to what haydet gave you two chapters ago or if i should do something completely unrelated and i was like oh no i really i really like my saxophone i'm looking forward to using it i'm into it i like to be a spooky boy i'm all about it um yeah it definitely plays to my existing strengths rather yes. than like a wild card thing at the edge like hey this gives yeah. you a charm bonus or something and i'm like ooh, interesting yeah one yeah i i had a, a very specific um motivation behind your one oliver in that i didn't want to give you just an yet another combat bonus because you are mm. already an absolute overpowered beast like ridiculously exactly. so and also you because your charisma is not high your intimidation isn't high because it's linked to charisma and I thought well that's mm. insane because Banfor is a very very intimidating guy so I gave you something that would give you the best intimidation in the entire world mm. but you know use it sparingly mm. it is every day it's once a day 
yeah so and i i do love though the incantation that you came up with uh, never in a million years would i have picked that your incantation to turn into a demon would be who's a spooky boy <laughs> the obvious answer it's me so then I get to say, who's a spooky boy? And then I turn into the most terrifying demon they've ever seen. And then I get to say, it's me. And that's fine. <laughs> and, then, and then they run away or they have whatever intimidation effect that you wanted them to have. Probably a heart attack for about 30% of the male population over the age of 50. Get checked, guys. <laughs> so I have a question about I have a question about mine that um, I didn't think about at the time. Um, and I was going to check this with you, like, another time, but let's just do it now. Um, because I have to play my saxophone for two turns, yes. is that something that I can use a bonus action while doing for the first one? It depends what it is, obviously, because you're, you're playing a saxophone. So, like, yes. you, can't, you can't talk or take a potion or something like that. No. Um, that's, that's, that's more of a case-by-case so if there's something else you can do while you're playing a saxophone, which involves both hands and you're putting your mouth on the mouthpiece. Yeah. So, like, what bonus action could you do by, like, shaking your feet or something? Enthralling performance, for instance, or, maybe. Or doing a jig. No, <laughs> no, because, like, a lot of a lot of my, like, inspiration-y type stuff that I can use as, like... Not well, not enthralling performance because that's a minute, and I and a round is six seconds. But like bardic inspiration or any of that kind of stuff is just performance. So technically, me playing the saxophone could be considered a performance, right? Yeah, I suppose it could. It's sort of the saxophone casting a specific spell at that point. But would you be then playing two songs wondering. at one time, or would you be playing a song, one song that has two intentions? Yeah, that's kind that's of what it would have to question. be. Yeah, so, so so that was my question. I don't, I don't have an answer in mind. Like I don't mind yeah. either way. I was just, it was a thing I was thinking about because I was like, oh, it's going to take me two turns to cast it which is also two bonus actions, technically. Because yeah, if you're saying think... two full turns, or am I doing a bonus action, starting playing it, and then continue playing it, and then getting a bonus action at the end of it? Yeah, what I think I'll do is I'll put my foot down now and have a hard rule because you just gave me um, a word that I was that, that perfectly encompasses something I forgot about. Uh, it takes two full round actions. It's your whole turn. Yeah, so that's what I mean. So Yeah, so no bonuses, no anything else but playing. Yeah, the so there's only specific up, situations it? where I would play that then. Because actually, usually, it benefits me more to bonus action, do a thing, to help other people as well. Yeah. Because I imagine I can't move or anything. No. So, Interesting. So if you can find yourself a sweet spot in combat where no one's going to bug you for two turns, that's a, that's a pretty good way to deal a huge deal of damage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as they don't wisdom save. Correct. So mine's quite conditional. Or knock you out. Yeah, or knock me out because it'll be concentration essentially. But you can take damage and get harmed, and um, not break your soul. Yes, if that, she does, but she I has, have to she has roll, to roll a, a concentration check. Oh, right. Yeah. 
Which my con save is not great, but... So yeah. I'd so have I... to yell at you that I was going to do it and then make I sure you I don't know what me. it is as well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, Sorgamol answered your questions about the world, um, gave you some gifts, and then sent you on your way. When you appeared back in the killing grounds right at the end of the fighting event, the Empress and her entourage stepped through a portal and interrupted uh, and sent all the other fighters shooing away. Then she gave a big speech about um, how the resistance has reached their borders, um, which got boos from the crowd. She sort of racked them up to be very anti-resistance in that moment, but then said, you guys are members of the resistance, and which again got more boos. But then it was a case of, oh, by the way, I don't want to be the Empress anymore. <laughs> the, Empire, the Empire sucks. Uh, Queen Shan's back in charge. And then she said, and eh, now, now it's time for you to kill me which went differently from how I thought it would go. In my head, I thought you would all just take a turn to do a thing, and then that's it. She's dead. Like, it's not combat, but um Yeah, and Marley I thought decided, it was going to be not combat, so I'd just shoot her and she would die. Yeah, but, I mean, she, you, you shot her, she took the bolts, they hurt her, but, you know, it, that wasn't enough to end the big yeah to, and complete then I was, this, to complete this goal that you've been working towards for yeah, so long and then i was like oh shit has he given her hit points i bet you her hit points are through the roof so i was yeah, like my, yeah my intent was just i i had written down until they hit her enough <sighs> which i thought you know you'd get a hit Ellerin would get a hit Banford would get a hit boom that's it it's done because um, she is only human, but I mean, she's you know been alive for a long time. Maybe she's trained. Maybe she's really actually really strong. Who knows? Mm. But hey, hit her a couple times and she's done. But then Ellerin had to go and throw a spanner in the works, and instead of attacking her, attacked the champion who was just standing by watching. And Banfor knew that hey, the champion is my long lost dad. Don't do that. So then it became Banfor and the champion versus Ellerin, while Marley was the only one facing the Empress. <laughs> which is um i haven't read the dictionary in my life um but i'm pretty sure that's the definition of the word clusterfuck mm -hmm. <laughs> uh welcome to rpg <laughs> yeah and and during that um is when banfor sang his uh chaos curse song of cheese yeah good <laughs> good um eventually however the um empress did die and then her body sort of turned into energy and disappeared. And Dreyfer, the magical boy, who's also a surge wielder, which is a very important piece of the Ice and World plot, he took the queen somewhere else. You can presume to safety because she had just been reinstated as the queen. And then the champion, a.k.a. Torkin Graves, a.k.a. Banfor's father, said um, something to the effect of, all right, that's done. Now for the main event. And just then a giant red gorilla charged in and roared at you. And then it raised its arms in the air, creating a huge ring of fire. And then you guys did like half an hour game time of prep. <laughs> As it was it was like, I do this and I do one of these and then I run in and hey, I do look, this. You yeah. know what? We normally don't. So you yeah, should. It was good. It was good. It was very the good. Red Ape, I will note, conveniently waited before it completed its charge. So, well, I no, think... because each each round is six seconds, so it started all the way oh, right, over the other back. side, 
of the arena mm. and we got time to do things as it was running. That's Can what you happened. Take through um, the demon apparition thing and where I missed it. <laughs> so Okay. Yeah, so so yeah, so the this fight took place inside a giant ring of fire yes. um, against this red ape. Um, you the three of you, so Mali, Banfor, and Ellerin, and as well as um, the champion. So a team of four against this red ape which had psychic powers as it as was shown when it hurt you all with its brain and said inside your minds um, law flack wake, law flack wake. Um Lawflack is a name I came up with just as we were starting to record based on one of our Patreon supporters, Lauren Flake. So, hey, Lauren. Thanks for your support. You're great. Um, And, yeah, during that fight, there was a tentacle jelly-like amorphous creature of multiple colors that appeared in the middle of the battlefield and Banfor's dad ran straight through it and then immediately turned on Banfor. Um, and that uh, he attacked his son and then sort of shook back to his senses and then returned to fighting normally. And then the same thing happened to Banfor and this jelly creature thing, which is Namakak, the demon of lies, sort of tried to attach itself to you and it spoke in your brain that your allies are your enemies, um, but you've passed your wisdom save. Here's Thanks the fucking thing. Thanks to my here's, inspiration. Here's, here is the, the fucking, fucking thing. thing. So that battle was on a turning point of about to be way against you. Like the tables were turning against you on this one save. He rolled low enough to fail the save. And I was about to say, you fail the save. You now have to fight against your allies. But then that fucking D6 inspiration die from Marley's Bardic inspiration got you over the line. So you've passed the save. You didn't turn on your friends. You killed the gorilla in the next turn. I was so angry. This is why inspiration is a good thing. Like that, that D6 inspiration died, changed the tide of the fight. I'm dancing. You can't, you can't see it on audio, but I'm dancing. (laughs) Like that, that fight was meant to go for at least a few more rounds with Namakak appearing in and out and affecting everyone. So sort of trying to turn you all on each other. Didn't Mm -hmm. get a chance. (laughs) <laughs> I was really annoyed um, the, that the gorilla passed its wisdom save from me right at the start, and I was like, "Cool, that's half my spells I can't use now," you know, yeah. because I'm not going to try and waste time trying to affect it on something which it's probably going to pass now. And then it, um, yeah, so you killed it mightily. Juice. Um, yeah, juice. But actually, a Dr. Pepper, but juice. <laughs> Juicy do, do we do. Um, shout out to the Wheel of Woe. Wheel crew. of Woe, we love you. <laughs> um, the, yeah, the, you, you killed the gorilla, and as, as it fell almost on Alarin, um, it let out a huge psychic blast, which knocked all of you unconscious. And then you all awoke some amount of time later. Um, inside Jareen and the Gloves headquarters. So, I mean, you might ascertain that's, that's, that someone managed to get you out of the arena and to what they know is a safe place. When you woke up, your friend Alarin had opened the Sanguine Gatekeeper, which is the blood portal artifact that Sorghumul, the Death God, gave you. And he said, I've got some scores to settle, and then left. 
but not before Banford tried to throw a half brick at his head and Marley thunder waved the half brick away and the half brick had to roll the con save <laughs> which is now our Instagram <laughs> post as of today <laughs> and after he left and the portal closed you turned around and there were three demons standing there um, Bedemus the death demon and Herald to Sorghumal the god of death um, Afimata Zero the knowledge demon and Herald to Hadet god of knowledge and there was also another one that you don't know um I will tell you though that it is the herald of um, Tratora, the god of weather and elements. But you don't know that. I mean, you might roll a religion check at the time when we re- when we return to those characters mm-hmm. and beat him with. So it said Tratora. Because <laughs> if you listened to the Adrift on Ruin Seas episodes yet, there's a whole section where I'm like Tratora, Tratura. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out. How you say it, and I'm like, oh god, Brad, I'm breaking your world. <laughs> you know what? People around different parts of the world would say it differently. So. Okay, that's but, fine then. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of them might have only read it in books or ancient scrolls or on wikis. Um, yeah, such as yourself. But so, um, so in, three... in yeah, in distance they say it Tratora. <laughs> yeah, so three demons appeared and one and Bedemus said we need to talk and that's where the chapter ended what do you have to say for yourselves <laughs> what do you have to say for yourselves you've broken Eisen <laughs> <laughs> oh and uh, yeah sorry I forgot to say that um, Drafer the little magic boy um, reappeared during the gorilla fight and said to Marley that she needs to claim her unnamed favor now and she wished that um, he could use his almost godlike powers to resurrect Hodge, but bigger and with wings. Yes, (laughs) correct. And again, um, have you listened to that episode, Brad? Because when you went off to do something, I can't remember what it was that you went to do. I was like, oh God, help me. What am I supposed to be yeah. doing? It was when my it was when my internet cut out. That's um, right. Because yeah, I kept recording I, and I didn't actually realize I was still recording and I was like, oh Brad's gonna get that later and he's gonna hear all of the ideas that I'd gone through before yeah. I'd decided on giant flying hodge. <laughs> okay. Let's go to Q's. Um before I go to uh, listener questions, do you guys have any questions about the world about um, the podcast future, about anything really. Um, so next season, what is that? What's happening there? Yeah, so chapter four is going to be um, different characters and different stories, like lots of little arcs, starting with the Halloween episodes that Jules has already made. Um, there'll also be uh, a few episodes of one of the other long-standing campaigns that I've got in Ison which uh, answers some questions about the surge and things like that and has um, Sasha, a character that we've (laughs) referenced many, many times that will finally actually be heard. Yay! Um, And I hope to do Trantis' story with Adam, maybe a bit of Elleran with Adam as well, just so we can sort of give him like a satisfying arc. And there was there's a radio play type thing I've been working on for a while with lots of different voice actors from around um, the Necropodicon network. Yeah, everybody been, is I, waiting to be released because they all yeah, want to hear themselves. Yeah, I'm still I'm still waiting on two people to get me something three months uh, in. Um, you s- cut them out. 
the there's also a another story uh, mini campaign I want to run with some other guests that I won't spoil anything, but it involves the plague heart, so the heart uh, for the god of suffering and um, pestilence and things like that, which is grim, <laughs> grim. Oh, grim. So we haven't come across the, Grimm yet, have we? No, we haven't. And also I might do a little bit of sneak peek about of um, Dreyfer, what he's doing after the Empress's death. Maybe some Surge-related stuff with him. Uh, maybe some Brute Wall stuff. Maybe <laughs> Anfa will make a, an appearance. Who knows? Chapter 4's got lots of little things happening in it. So is this all pre-recorded? Not yet, no. Some of it is yet to come. Okay, cool. Because I was like, "Oh, do you need us?" <laughs> yeah. But yeah. yeah, let's let's get to some questiones. So we did have Scott... a last minute question come in, by the way. So let me okay, know when you what want is it? That. Yeah, no, fire away. Uh, Raspberry milkshake uh, here from NZ says, "How does Haydet own a Domino's uniform? Is he transdimensional, or is it actually Domino's that's transdimensional?" <laughs> What a deep, both. what a deep cut question. I like it. That's a deep um, dish question, mate. <laughs> and that's Ooh. the end of the episode. Um, <laughs> and my comedy career. <laughs> well, that um, so that whole scene in that hallway with Haydet um, and all the thousands of mannequin robot dummy things in various costumes and and different dress styles from different eras was meant to portray the fact that Ison is um, cyclical in in time um, due to the fact that the surge quite frequently comes and just destroys everything so everyone has to start again um, so it was suggesting that Haydet has seen or influenced or at, at some point had something to do with um, all of these different things, like there was, there was Bart, there was uh, a mannequin dressed as Bart Simpson. There were like policemen from the mm. 1920s. There were um, all these things that suggest that there are other times and other um, ways of life from the pseudo medieval setting that you guys are familiar with. Mm-hmm. But they've like come and gone. They've come and gone. And we pushed them all over and talked about dominoes. And pissed on them too. So I just want to clarify: I did not piss on them or push them over for that matter. <laughs> yeah, um, and yeah, Raspberry Milkshake. Thank you for that question. Um, they also asked another question: Is Foxworthy still alive? <gasps> I don't know if I can take this answer. Oh God. Um, so in the um, in that radio play that I mentioned before, that um, Foxworthy is in that, just being walked along with River and her companions to be returned to Smith, and that's the last we see of Foxworthy thus far. Is him maybe being returned to Smith? He's got to be close to slaughtering age, though, surely. Not Foxworthy. He's special. I don't want that meat to get all stringy. Everybody knows ox, Foxworthy. You know, he's going to blow a knee sometime in the next, you know. How many miles has he got left? <laughs> Not a lot. What's <laughs> <laughs> that high pitch? He's going to be sweeter, sweeter than a nut. <laughs> Let's see, where should we go? Okay, from so there? as far as we know, Foxworthy <laughs> is still alive. That's yeah, That Foxworthy answer pleases has, me. I've not written a death for Foxworthy. Um, so Scott Heckler from the Shocking Gasp podcast 
you're giggling at the name Heckler? I am. No, um, he's the Does anybody have a Scotland. problem with that? No, yeah. Scott from it Shocking Gasp is a good we are dude. Comedians, and it is a funny name. He is a um, super good dude. He passed on to me a question that um, that he was asked when they did a Q&A, and he said he thought it was a really good question, so he'd ask us as well, um, which is, as a fellow creator, um, I know there are moments in early or even current episodes that you would love to go back and change, but you don't have time. Uh, maybe the editing wasn't good, or some a bit didn't go right, or you said something dumb, whatever. What is one thing you would go back and change if you could? Um, change what I did? change that it happened yeah if there's something about the podcast that you could go back and change obviously soldier marley from dapton like <laughs> that was one of the worst moments of my life look soldier marley from dapton rode a horse through a army barracks type thing and soldier i'm marley totally in love with all could, of that could so save my life for a thousand years every day and i would still <laughs> have more problems with Soldier Marty from Dapton than I have with Side <laughs> the Shark. I'm completely different. It's unforgivable. <laughs> so bad. Oh, that's improv, okay? So that's what came out of my mouth when I just didn't know what else to say. And <laughs> that's what happens sometimes. Do you know, actually, thinking about that whole section of the podcast, something I would definitely go back and change. Okay is sending Bamfor a note when I already knew that he couldn't read. <laughs> that was pretty dumb. Although right, so both entertainment you... value, but, like, I felt dumb. <laughs> so both of you would just... what Your answer is you would change Chapter 1, Episode 13. <laughs> well, also... <laughs> yeah, I mean, how did you just do that with your brain? That, that's one of the special ones that stuck in my brain. A lot happened in that episode. It did. It was, yeah. it was when I really found out that you could properly murder people, I think. It was when I like, started unleashing the beast a little bit more. I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't just have to murder. You can massacre. That's pretty cool. That's pretty yeah. cool. Um, I'd probably follow through on a couple of the more divisive things that I backed off on. I think there were a couple of people I was about to murder that I didn't. Could have followed through on those. Um, I think starting out, started out a little dumb, you know, uh, the character. Um, that was sort of hard to reel back without sort of doing complete gear shift. He's definitely become, like, smarter. Right? Yeah, I think become more focused. Not I think that actually is before. about you and your skill as an RPG player, though. Like, back then, you were really hesitant oh, yeah. to commit to any kind of decision because you didn't really understand all yeah. of the bits of the game yet. So now you can actually be like, cool, I understand how this works, I've made a decision, Bamfor decides to do this, done. Yeah, because you get oh, absolutely. Um, so... But I think, yeah, and it's definitely a learning thing. But, like, if, if I were to do it all again, I'd probably give myself a much broader character to start with um, and be able to sort of find it from there rather than going restricting and having to like, well, I mean, you have to have cause to change then, I guess. You can't just fill the container of the story. You have to actually, you know, because like we've been kicking the story around to suit us kind of, you know, just by force of character being like, you know, Yeah, that's but cool. that is also yeah. RPG. Like the DM presents a story and the players go, mm. 
fuck your story. I want to do this. Like that is mm-hmm. that isn't just us. That's oh, no, every game in absolutely. the history of ever. You know. Um, so yeah, 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 for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, no question there whatsoever. But, but I actually um, quite like the story. So I feel like sometimes mm. I force you to do the story when necessar- you don't necessarily want to, you know? Oh, look, um, the, the story of uh, not just people in my life, but particularly women, is uh, trying to keep me on task. Um, <laughs> and, and I appreciate every single one of them that does it with a loving heart. So, no, not a problem at all. Um, so that's cool. Yeah, because um, I have two different sort of people in my head I guess um I didn't realize that at the time but like um I have the one who wants to like be the little little miss good RPG player and Mm. yes Mr. DM I want to do what you want me to do clearly like but I also Mm. have Jules the little imp who wants to fuck with shit you know so Mm. like and I I see what you're doing and I kind of want to do that but I'm (laughs) like if both of us do that Fuck knows what's gonna happen, you know. Mm. So I'm like, oh, then it's unlistenable. It's the argument episode every episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. So I'm like, okay, and that doesn't mean that you're limiting me. Not at all. I don't feel like, you know, that at mm. all. I'm, I'm just like, oh, okay. Mm. You know. Yeah, because I was very wary of not just being like a fucking freak on a leash sort of thing. If I may, uh, quote Marilyn Manson, I believe. Um, <laughs> I, you know, like because. There's that there's that uh, that film and book trope of like, obviously me big barbarian me attack thing, maybe comedy foil, and and that's all they're there for um, is is definitely a trope, but yeah, sure. yeah, it's interesting when that person has to exist in a podcast for how many recorded hours now you know like yeah forty how many hours have we got something like that so like eighty. Eighty. Yeah, like you know um, me big man me hit with a stick can only sort of last you know, a feature film link, like Conan yeah. and Barbarian who had to build in a fucking romance. Like that character's not very fun long term. Yeah, so and um, you had to be something else. And also you'll get bored. You know, like and I don't yeah. want you to get bored by your oh, own look, story that makes like no sense. Or whatever. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Story story wise, um Banfor has made a huge gear change in who he is and what he does, mm. but it it makes sense because up until this point he's just been aimlessly floating around, but jo- meeting Marley and Trestlespoon and joining the resistance gave him a purpose, and so that I think I feel like as, as a third person on the outside of that I feel like that gave him the ability to start focusing and start growing and changing as a person. Mm. Cause at before then he was just going from blackout to blackout. Mm. Yeah. And frankly, true. leaving the city, leaving that city meant that he was, you know, away from that sort of thing. Like you can only carry so much fucking whiskey and you can only carry so many problems before you sort of start having to lose them on the old dusty trail. Um, mm. So there's that, you know, I think more of a, uh, if a more of an investment in the actual resistance, um, by us, maybe would have sort of given the plot a little bit more um, more narrative backbone. Or yeah, I guess urgent. Marley's not terribly invested in the resistance either. Oh, and she's only invested in the resistance as in opposition to Arkvale. Mm. You know, like if there was mm. another way to oppose Arkvale, that seemed obvious and that she could get stuff yeah. done. She would have probably yeah. done much, that. How much should we ex- like? How much did we achieve with a sing song 
and um, and a day at, at the blood at the killing grounds and the liberal application of hallucinogens. I mean, like we haven't exactly <laughs> been fighting, you know, like we, we've been a, a, like a propaganda insurgency. Like we've been like these <laughs> happened to Mordor. Like it's it's been <laughs> it's been weird, you know. Yeah, which I've enjoyed. Don't don't get me wrong. Like, like I'm I'm into Soldier Marley and the fucking and the and the tiniest postman in the world, and like you know <laughs> handing out drugs to kids. I'm all about it. Get me on record. Um, but yeah, like it, whenever it was like, and the rogue doth scampereth um, up the thing. It was always like the rogue doth do that, but he shit his pants. <laughs> so it was always this like yeah, like like a comedy of errors, but it worked out. There's a lot of yeah. It was just. Creative problem, problem solving. I don't know what the original question was. Oh, things that we would change. Yeah. Do you know actually something that's quite interesting that I was just thinking about is would I have multi-classed or would I be a level eight bard right now? You'd be a pretty mean bard, mm. um, but you really wanted that animal companion, so you chose a level <laughs> in ranger. I did. And now it, a ranger, <laughs> I, like as as a consequence of that my ranger skills are somewhat more beefy than my bard skills so it's really tempting to take the next level in ranger because i'll do more damage you know compared to bard which i now have to do about two levels maybe even three before i get anything really good you know like to beef it up heaps you know my next mm. level in Bard, for instance, basically just gives me a D8 as Bardic Inspiration. That's really all it does, which is why I didn't take it this time around, yeah. because the next level in Ranger, taking the next level in Ranger, boosted all of my stats a giant chunk, which was worth it more for me at the time. So it's interesting to think about that. I'm like, would I have? Don't know. I really wanted the pet. And also, Marley does use a crossbow. It kind of made sense at the time. but Cool. We'll move on to some questions from our, our good friend, Cy J. Hodgkins, uh, the namesake for both Cy the Shark and Hodge the Wolf. He, he gave us uh, quite, a, quite a lot of questions, so we'll power through them very quickly. Um, one was, if you were cloned and your clone could join the game um, alongside your two other co-hosts, and um, who would you fuck, Mary kill? For me, I. <laughs> for me. Wait, it, wait, wait. So. I'm so into it. So it's. Yeah. So it's. Fuck Mary Kill. Twice. Who do you fuck Mary Kill? Us Mary-Kill? three. Yeah, if you were in this room twice, who do you fuck Mary Kill? So right. for me, it would I would fuck and marry my, the clone of myself, and I'd kill both of you so you don't tell anyone. <laughs> All right. Now, what do you degenerates have to say about this? Well, obviously, I'd marry myself. Oh, no. Sorry, that wasn't about you. It was about me. What do you mean? Who else would you rather hang out with? No, I was just thinking I would not want to marry myself. No, no. I feel like... I can see why. And this is no offence to either one of you, but I imagine marrying Jules and Brad would be a similar sort of affair. We'd just end up watching movies together a lot, you know? That's You're not wrong. Pretty, pretty lovely. Yeah, I was going to say know. that's pretty standard for me. Yep. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I have I have my computer set up so I can watch but... Netflix in bed. <laughs> yeah. 
But I mean, got to return the favour to Brad. So definitely, you're on the fuck list, Brad. What's up? I mean, come on now. Cow. <laughs> Kill myself, and then fuck one of you, and marry the other. <laughs> oh wait, no, because one of them's my clone. Yep. Jesus, I keep thinking suicide's an option. No, it's not, is it? Well, I mean, suicide is an option if you kill yourself. Technically, you would kill yourself. Would I go to clone. jail for killing my client? Of course I would. It's a person, obviously. <laughs> this is. This but if is you gone. kill your you kill your clone, you have to either fuck or marry me. Yeah, but Jules, you know, some people, you know, some people make sacrifices for the rest of humanity. Um, That's true. You know. Uh, <laughs> We've put a lot more time into this question than I had anticipated. It's um, a serious question, Brad. Don't well, knock the time that it takes you know, to answer this. Maybe you'll like his second question. Which no, no, is, okay. I so I so I haven't said my answer, but my answer is sleep with myself. Oof. Yep. Um, <laughs> kill Brad because Oof. I don't want to do either of those Why things to Brad. <laughs> <laughs> and and sleep with Oliver. There you go. No, marry <laughs> Oliver. I'm sleeping with myself. Marry me. Yeah, apparently. Because let's face it, you'd get sick of me real quickly. We'd get divorced, and then it'd be all done. <laughs> what are you? Oh. <laughs> Everybody gets <laughs> sick of me. I've sad. already been divorced be once. Fun. I can see it coming. It's fine. I don't know why I took that divorce so hard. <laughs> That was tough. That was tough for me. Um, like, yeah, coming to terms with it, obviously. But yeah, size, I just wouldn't want so to inflict myself on Brad, so that's why he dies. Um, Sai's second question is same question, but for Marley Banfor and Brad's favorite NPC slash Foxworthy. Um, <laughs> well, my... I mean, it's called Foxworthy. No way. It's not actually my... Foxworthy, are we? Because then we're considering no, a hog in this. That, that's what he wrote. <laughs> My favourite NPC is Hated. Ah, okay, that's oh, easy. Well, you're obviously not going to marry Hated. You also can't kill Google because that would be a dick move, so you're going to have to fuck him because he would know everything. <laughs> um, and that's what I would do. Uh, that's just him. one character. Well, I mean, look, there have been a couple of times that I've wanted to bash Molly's head in with a rock. Yep, so I'm dead. Yep. Um, and then you'd have to marry oh fuck you'd have to marry Bamford Jesus Christ <laughs> I mean good luck killing him number one good <laughs> fucking luck killing him Oof. it's really easy oh, it's really really easy I would kill Marley <laughs> as well I would screw Bamford because he hasn't got anything to do it with so it's going to be over quickly and <laughs> then I would marry hate it done He's got an electric scorpion stinger. <laughs> well, at least it'd be a very electrifying a experience. And if we're honest, Jules, not your first rodeo. Yeah, you know. Okay, moving on from this topic. Um, <laughs> Sai si, si also wants to know, what other podcasts do you guys listen to and how do you feel about Wheel or Woe loving the shit out of you guys? Oh. I feel great. I think Wheel or Woe is awesome. And the fact that Sai can see that and know that is like know that they like us as well is quite cool oh yeah i mean i listen um, to wheel or woe as soon as it comes out and they 
even in their last episode they, they start their last episode with like banter every episode so it's not straight into the action or whatever they always have this offside banter and their banter was about us in the last <laughs> episode literally about listening to Fate of Eisen they were like yeah I'd fuck Ben for um, I'd marry <laughs> Animals. Um, I haven't had the pleasure of any of them, unfortunately, um, nor have I um, gone outside of my wheelhouse podcast-wise recently. So I, I feel like that I owe them a listen. Anybody who's put up with us for, for enough time to form an opinion, fuck yeah, let's party. Um, personal podcast-wise, I listened to uh, last podcast on the left, um, The Dollop and Behind the Bastards, religiously. Everything else, um, you know, it's, it's mostly white supremacist propaganda. So, um, you know, the less said about that, the better. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I I listen to way too many podcasts. I have in my podcast app, I think I have like 112 different shows. Yep. Um, wow. Most of them I'm horrendously behind on, but a few I listen to the moment they that new episodes come out is um, Bad Rad Movies, which is a great one. Um, that I recently guested on that the episode's coming out soon. I love oh, um, Booze Your Own Adventure, which I told you guys about a while ago where three dudes um, just like have a couple of drinks and do kids choose your own adventure books. Yeah. And they're, they're just hysterically funny. Very, very, very funny. Um, and I did listen a lot to Hello from the Magic Tavern, but then when they went on their big break at the end of chapter two, I kind of fell behind they've come back and i've i've missed uh, apparently 16 episodes behind now wow. um yeah but I, I i listen to a lot i listen to far too many yeah i'm kind of the same i mean i'm not anywhere near yours but i've got 41 podcasts that i follow in my app right now um not all of them i'm actually even listening to some of them i've only listened to like one episode of and then gone oh yeah i'll listen to that one day uh the ones i'm kind of up to date on i guess um <coughs> grow out of it brand new amazing um they read like stories that they wrote as teenagers and just mock the crap out of themselves embarrassing stories yeah they are so great and um i live for those episodes they're so good i listen to heaps of rpg my goodness do i listen to a lot of rpg like wheel of woe obviously top of the top of the reds for me like absolutely top of the charts like must listen to stuff um, role-playing guys I guessed it on recently um, because I'm a massive fan of them as well um, and they test different RPG systems so um, if you want to hear different systems being played every season that's you should definitely go check out that shocking gas we've already talked about because Scott already sent us in questions but they are so good um yeah amazing actually uh, this mug is from them because I went and bought merch from them because I love them so much uh, not quite heroes. Um, gunpowder trees and no plot. Oh, pod the pod quest. Uh, these are all things that I listen to that I'm up to date on. The rest of them I'm not anywhere near up to date. Oh, and Joey from Wheel of Woe does this sweet little side podcast called Hindsightless because he's a blind dude, and mm-hmm. um, it's all about like different stuff to do with rpg or just kind of whatever crosses his mind at the time and it's pretty sweet podcast too so yeah yeah lots 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 and i love recommendations so send me more 
go find me at Jules Bergeser on Twitter and send me podcasts. Cool bananas. Um, next question very quickly. Do you guys know Flight of the Concords? Probably not, but my understanding of New Zealand is that it's very small. My answer yes. is I've, I've met them both twice, but yep, I, don't, I would not say that I know them. I used to um, live like four houses up from Brett, um, <laughs> and Jermaine used to come into my work a whole bunch when I worked at Bats. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've also... Yeah, man. I mean... Real probably, nice guys, like super down-to-earth, real yeah, chill. Like, like, Brett, yeah, I think he used to stay on my friend Nikki's couch um, when he was much younger. Um, they're sort of around... They're just dudes. They're just yeah. a couple of guys, and their job is being themselves. Um, which is, which sweet is and they the dream. Have, um, yeah, yeah, Brett's got an absolutely gorgeous little family. I think yeah. he's got... Yeah, he's got, like, two kids. Um, yeah. I mean, we Lovely. might... We might be unusual um, in answering that question because we are also all comedians that have performed in terms of, like, we may have come across them in that as well. Like, I don't think every yeah, New Zealander knows Flight of the Concords. Like, it's not an yeah. every New Zealander knows thing. It just happens yeah. to be that us three have Plus all they're both, them. like, Wellington-ish, Bats-ish. <laughs> yeah. So that's sort of where they came up and did their thing, and, and that's the Bats connection as well. So yeah, we're exactly. We're sort of uh, prone to knowing of them don't spoil the illusion yeah. um yeah. and his final question what's something that you love about new zealand that ignorance Amer- ignorant americans like me wouldn't know i want to learn something americans wouldn't know about new zealand <laughs> where it is <laughs> how long have we got no uh lol jk your public school system's to blame not you um the prioritization of uh, nationalist propaganda over real world facts anyway so can I just um, say, by the way, apparently you made Wheel of... That's what they were talking about. You made Wheel of Woe's freaking day with your comment about American bombing children. And that went out on the last one. Uh, you made a big thing about how, like... I can't even remember what it was about, but essentially you made a comment on America bombing children. Um, oh, and yeah. Wasn't that a strong political stance? Yeah, that's what it was about. They yeah. lost their crap. Um, they were talking about it to me. All of them were talking about it to me. So, like, they love that shit. So keep doing that shit because they lose well, their minds. Um, there's a fun um, fun fact about New Zealand. Uh, New Zealand has gone with the United States of America to every single major war that you have been involved in. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have been in every major war that has featured on the planet since we became a country. And even before that, technically. So that's fun. Um, so yeah, ten percent of New Zealand went to World War One. That's fun. Um, um, I don't we're know. Still with nothing. you in Iraq and Afghanistan right now. Friend of mine taking rockets to her camp. Cheers for that. I don't know enough about um, history or geography or just general facts to be able to answer this question, but I can recommend a podcast called um, History History of Aotearoa New Zealand, um, which is a very popular podcast um, mm. with hundred hundreds and hundreds of dedicated listeners and it's all about chronologically going through major points in New Zealand history. They're currently up to um, as of a few weeks ago talking about um, uh, what was his name? Um, they were calling him Bobby Big Nuts um, Robert Robert something. Robert um, Muldoon? No, one of the guys who was um, uh, instrumental in starting the New Zealand labour movement and um, strike action and things back in the late uh, 19th and they century. Call him Bobby Big Nuts. 
Oh no no um the the oh. guy in the podcast called him Bobby Big Nuts. Oh, <laughs> oh, what was the name Robert, of the podcast again? Robert Semple. Robert Semple. Um, That's what it is. I was just looking at them. Yeah, it's history of Aotearoa New Zealand. It's right. very yep. good. They're very very, very good. Aotearoa is, is spelled A O T. E-A-R-O-A. Also, that's probably something you wouldn't know. Um, New Zealand has two names, New Zealand and Aotearoa. Uh, and uh, the, the English version is actually the Dutch name for it, uh, New Zealand, um, because it was first discovered and settled kind of by Dutch. And the other name, Aotearoa, means um, land of the long white cloud, named by uh, the Māori in their language, Te Reo Māori, uh, after you know, sort of what it looks like when you get here on a whole bunch of crazy canoes that you took from fucking the Pacific Islands with only stars and a hunch and got here. So that's pretty cool. And if you are interested in learning more about New Zealand and you do actually like listening to me, you can listen to my podcast, which is literally about New Zealand history and culture. Thanks, Brad, for not mentioning mine, you dick. Um, so <laughs> mine's up to a, um, a few, uh, about 300 listeners now. Um, and I've only got about nine episodes out. Uh, and I cover a bunch of stuff about how we're part of the monarchy and actually the Queen's on all our currency, which a lot of Americans don't actually realize that that's who we are. And I just cover a bunch of different stuff. Topic a week, uh, releases uh, every Wednesday, a different thing at the, every time. And the latest one's about bird of the year because I do cultural kind of social stuff oh, yeah. as well as history. So I'm talking about bird of the year and how it's basically our favorite popularity contest uh, every we have, year. We have an ironic popularity competition for birds in New Zealand. Yeah, which is not actually um, a woman. It's, it's an actual bird. It's entirely ironic. <laughs> it's run by a major government department and we are all fucking feral about it. <laughs> Super feral about it. Oh, Go look up the hashtag, hashtag bird of the year. There's serious arguments on Twitter right now about it. It's great. It's my and life. The crazy I love part it. is that obviously it's the kiddo, but everybody thinks it should be a different bird every year. <laughs> Okay, go listen to my freaking podcast. Because <laughs> I argue this point. <laughs> I'm I'm a big Pukeko fan. I love. Oh my god, both of you are wrong. Both of you are super super wrong. Your average Pukeko cannot be trusted within 100 feet of a fucking school. Number one. We drive <laughs> past them. Kidadu is a big swoopy boy. He's a chonker. <laughs> and have you seen them do a ruffle? <laughs> Look, I'm not going to argue with you that the kereru is pretty sick. As I say, on my podcast, it's the only bird that gets so drunk that it falls off its own branch. Yeah. It while gets eating so drunk, fermented it's berries. a penguin, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. We have, so, we have so many... Our national bird is flightless, and yep. another one of our native birds gets so fucked up, it becomes flightless. But that isn't even our national bird. Our national bird is more useless... <laughs> Than the bird that is so fucked up, it's flightless. Uh, anyway, yeah, mm. that's the thing. I have um, another podcast. Cool. It's called Jules from NZ. Go look that up. It's real good. Yeah. Okay. So that's all the questions from Cy J Hodgkins. Um, <laughs> next is next is a quick one from Jamie Holtgren, who runs uh, or ran the Guardians of the Multiverse podcast, um, but that recently stopped. But now he is in. Um, Death by Cuckoos, a video game review podcast, and he has asked the question, "Why Brad though?" Which I said I would pose to you two. 
Um, I bread, bread though? Like as in... Why? why are you put up with me? Why am I why? involved in this project? Well, I mean, because where Brad says go, we go. Yeah. Like You haven't spoken to Brad before. There's a quiet <laughs> elegance and, but, and, and, a, and a disarming authority to him. Without Brad, this podcast would not exist because Brad does all of the behind-the-scenes work on this. Without like, Brad, I'm not sure that the world would exist. He seems yeah. to be... Uh, the infinite gum that holds reality together. Uh-huh. Don't question Brad. I think I'm. I think I'm quite defensive. Um, because I, I, I feel quite defensive too. Like I want to protect Brad from this question because it's kind of a bit. Who asked this question and where do they live? Like, yeah, Australia. Let's fuck this guy up. <laughs> no, we're not going to Australia, Jules. We're we're too we're sweet summer children. We'll we'll look this guy Australia. up on Twitter and beat him defenseless because. No, we'll don't question our DM. Yeah, Nobody no questions our DM. DM is God. <laughs> Brad is God. Like, you'll find Jamie's profile. You'll see his picture. You'll see he's actually a very, very, very pretty man. He is. I've told him this, Jamie. You are a beautiful man. <laughs> um, Why don't more people tell me on Twitter I'm a beautiful man? <laughs> um. Okay, moving on. Um, Sam Malcolm, who is uh, another one Hi, of our Sam. Patreon supporters. And recently is has guested on Jeff and Simon in um, episodes that you guys haven't heard yet uh, as Ferator the Tinkerer, the praying mantis. Did he um, also did some work for us too? So yeah, props he, to that he, too. He he's drawn some cool stuff like um, Bob the Truth Wizard. Yes, mm. which oh, yeah. yep, Granddad Bob the Truth Wizard. I love um, it. And so he says, Oliver, can we get some insight on the mice army? and the direction that you are, quote-unquote, training them for. Here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You don't know. It's not that I don't know, Brad. It's that, that I have a more long-winded explanation than that. I don't know. <laughs> okay? Um, initially, it was fun because I was dirty. And then... Uh, the situation happened when we all lost a child, obviously, and that can really bind a community together, that sort of trauma, and it really, you know, and then I sort of, like, then, then it sort of turned into a thing where, like, now I'm, like, this walking gantry that this mouse world lives on, but also this mouse world is its own thing, so I thought, like, I don't know, they, you know, let my people go, you don't want to be on the road forever, so I just set them down one day and they, you know, you know in my mind and they started doing their own thing somewhere at the back of my mind and now um, they have a self-sufficient uh, sort of mini community of hyper smart mice um, that have got political machinations um, and also have been very close to uh, a, like a, a death heart for a long time and other magical mumbo jumbery and a lot of chaos so I don't frankly know but at some point, I would like to wield them like a, like a sword-bearing carpet that just sort of can wash my foes away. Like, if you're familiar with the Skaven from, uh, obviously, you know, Age of Sigmar now, but Warhammer, um, fantasy universe, um, them, but cool dudes, and a bit more reapy cheap, you know? Anyway, that's where I'm going. So. Cool. Um... I like it. I really like it. I, I do hope that you can wield them one day, that I can figure out the mechanic for you to be able yeah, to wield them. Like a water bender, but I want to be like a mouse bender. 
<laughs> you feel me? So, um, um, or like like an Iron Man suit, but it's you know like there's like I'm um, like a not Aquaman, like Frozone. Boom, that's exactly it. They're my ice. I'm Frozone, but it's mice. It's my ice. <laughs> it's my ice. <laughs> Fate of my ice. My ice. Um. Cool, I like it. So he also asks, um, Brad, will any of the players from the other game set in Eisen that Jules is in that you guys keep talking about be appearing on the show at all? Uh, yeah, we covered that a little bit earlier. Yes, it will. Um, you will see a sneak uh, little peek at uh, what we call the Surge campaign, which um, deals a lot more with trying to get a wielder to the Surge in time um, and involves Jules' other character, Sasha Torchwood. Then he he asks, is there a chance we can get a mini one-shot um, of what is happening with Trestlespoon? Uh, probably not, because Josh has moved to the other side of the world and he wasn't good at keeping in touch at the best of times when he lived around the corner. <laughs> but I, I can tell you um, what Trestlespoon is doing. Um, I can easily do that in like a narrative thing, which won't be too difficult. Um, he says, will Marley ever go back to the orchard? Oh, what? Uh- I can't really answer that. You've got the means to. Well, yes, I do, but my family is not at the orchard. Not the original orchard, anyway. I don't know if they have a new orchard wherever they've ended up, but that orchard doesn't exist anymore, as far as I know. So yeah, yeah, you don't. Yeah, you don't know. I mean, would Marley be the type of person who would go, now I've got the means to travel anywhere I've been, I'm going to go back to my family home to see if that helps me find them? No, because she knew they already left there before they ended up wherever they ended up. Do you know what I mean? Like, she left there with them, kind of. Yeah. So there wouldn't be anything there that would tell her where they were necessarily, so she probably wouldn't go there. It would be home, though. See, okay, so here's a glimpse. Here's a glimpse into the future that I have in my head for Marley. She reaches level cap. She has done everything she wants to do in life. She goes back. She restarts the orchard. She opens a tavern, and she literally just serves cider until she dies. That's what she wants. That's what I see her retirement plan is, if she ever makes it. I mean, cool. a lot could change between now and then, but that's how, like, if she makes it, that's what I see her doing. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Mm. So I don't um, know if she'd go back there before that. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, his next question is, is Graham and Larry update, question mark? Um, so without Josh, Graham and Larry is a bit difficult, but we kind of came up with this little thing that... Um, Josh's character, I can't remember if it was Graham or if it was Larry, um, has gone underground with uh, the resistance that's building beneath the city of Dantonir. Mm-hmm. And the other one that was left, Oliver's character, be it Graham or Larry, gets given a new, like, rotating partner um, to guard the ever-dwindling city as more and more people move underground. And the whole, <laughs> yeah. and the whole thing is basically where has everyone gone that's what their banter would uh sort of center around and the final question is will you ever release a copy of the chaos curse chart yeah absolutely i've already sent a copy to irene coochie she asked if she could have a copy and she has anyone who wants a copy of that just uh email me and ask for it 
fadeofison at gmail.com. I will send you the chaos curse. Mm. That's it. That's all not, of our questions. That's not a virus. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends how you roll. Sounds should've, like you're going to get people Should have done this. that as a Patreon-only <laughs> release, Brad. You know, we've got to keep some things to our chest so that people come Sorry. and... Okay. I will send that out to them tomorrow after... <laughs> It's well, as soon as I'm able to, um, and then following that, anyone who wants it can have it by request. Cool. Cool. That that's it. Um, you guys have any closing thoughts? No. Um. <laughs> I want to know, Brad. What's the bit that surprised you the most? Like, Burn. what's the bit that that we fucked up the most? Kind of like. Um. <laughs> Okay, yeah, this isn't that you fucked up. This is that this definitely is the biggest surprise I had is right in the very beginning. So I think I've said before that the what I wrote as my intention of what would be the first episode ended up being the first eight episodes. Um, getting mm. to fight that Minotaur skeleton under Dapton, I thought that would all happen in, a, in the first session. Um, just because I underestimated how long it would take you guys to do things. <laughs> One of the biggest surprises that I got was that when you refused, you actively refused multiple times to get help from Binky Twain, the owner of, of the Mountainese Respite, um, the gnome who was who kept saying, I want to help. Like, I want to help the resistance. I have lots of local knowledge. I want to help. And you kept going, no, we don't want to involve you. Like, no, we don't want your help <laughs> over and over again. Because um, I had written that there were two ways to get across the river. One was by the bridge. And one was via a sky bridge where two rocky plateaus touch on either side of the river high up in the mountains. And you guys, and I thought you guys are obviously going to go to go to that one. I wrote this whole thing with this map of going up a mountain and all these encounters, and what would happen when you cross and then get down the other side. And you all went, "We're just going to go to the bridge." To be honest, <laughs> yeah, like, just go have a look. The mountain seems like, far away. I was like, "Oh fuck, okay, that's a lot of wasted prep um, on what I should have seen coming." <laughs> and we met Goro. Yeah, and that actually, that surprise, though, trained me for how to deal with you guys moving forward. Because mm. you now do that every time I give you a decision to make, ever. You always do not the thing that I assumed you would have done, so I'm, I've yeah. got backup plans. Cool. That's interesting. I don't know. I don't have any other, like... No, it's just sort of been unfolding as it goes. Yeah. I just want to say I'm enjoying it. I will also give enthusiastic consent. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah, if 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 ever that changes, please let me know so we can remedy. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't want you a year from now be like, Brad. I've actually hated being involved in this for a really long time, but I've begrudgingly continued. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. Thank you very much for helping me um, recap our last twenty-six episodes of play. Jesus. <laughs> I know. It's, it's been a long season, bro, because he just did not expect us to take that long doing some very basic yeah. things. The whole the whole chapter took place in one location, which is quite amazing that you guys were able to fill 26 episodes of content in one location. There was so much more to do. 
But Kudos how many days is that? I want to know how many days that is. Oh, hang on. I have a day counter for the entire thing. Just because I minute. feel like we filled 26 episodes, but we did not sleep a lot. So No, you did you didn't at all. Um, it was like two days, I think. <laughs> it's crazy. So the Killing Grounds, which that the day of the Killing Grounds took like 10 or 11 episodes, which is amazing. One day, 10 or 11 episodes. Um, We're bad at this. We're very bad at this. <laughs> um, Why so do people s- listen to us? <laughs> they have no idea. Here's a question back at the listers. Why are you listening? <laughs> We take 10 episodes to get through one day. How shit are we? (laughs) Um, So let's see. You had one day which was finishing off the mountain after you slept on the mountain. Yeah. Um, There was – then you went through under the city and then you slept in the Necro slash Podicon. Your second day was spent doing your – doing your chores around town there was another day of doing chores around town um and then there was the day of the kill five days <laughs> this whole chapter has taken five days 26 <laughs> episodes five days yeah we're coming like a wrecking ball eh mm-hmm. <laughs> yep that's marley's thunder wave song yep. <laughs> the whole campaign is 22 nights since you guys met Again, Whoa. super yeah, shit it's at this. Yeah, the, every other podcast I listen to, eh, they do something during the day and then they sleep, and then they do something mm. during the day and then they sleep, and it's like we don't sleep or give time to do. Like everything takes five years because we can't get a single conversation done in less than an hour. <laughs> yeah, but the conversation takes an hour, and then we like will kick down a fucking door, smash out a huge plot point, and then go back to arguing about cabbages. Like, it's, it's a, the way we break up time feels very odd. Like, like, the amount of, like, focus is on these, like, either very fast, very, very important things, or very slow, completely unimportant things. Yeah. I guess, and why I, are people listening to this? Yeah. <laughs> I have to admit, like, there's been a couple of chapters I know that I've asked a million questions about the story and stuff, and that's slowed down the chapter, and I've tried to get information and stuff. But I'm like, as a player, I like to know about the world, so it'd be kind of shit if we just did only knock down doors and never find out why. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, well, that's it. That's that's the end for now. I like that we've wrapped up this Q&A by asking, why are you listening to us? <laughs> that's the ultimate cue. Encouraging our fans, as ever, to stop being so. <laughs> we love you. We love you very I, much. That'll be the, the last thing I say to most people is, get out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we love you, but you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> And that's the end of the episode. (laughs) 
A big thank you to our Patreon supporters, Alex White-Robinson, Person Who Wants to Stay Anonymous, Robert Baldina, Wiring Cucci, Laura Christine Goodwin, James Bleister, Sajay Hodgkins, Laura Douglas, Mel Ziegler, Roger Afamata, Sam Malcolm, Kydron Faust, Lauren Flake, Kai Dealove, and Rihanna Kabelczyk. If anybody else wants me to mispronounce their name, check out our reward tiers over at patreon.com slash fateofison. And don't forget to hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, those are all at fateofison, or email fateofison at gmail.com or head to the Necropodicon Network Discord server to chat with us in real time. There's a link to that on our website, fateofison.com. Alrighty, bye everyone, thanks for listening, we will see you in chapter 4.